You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. So if you live in North America, you have an obligation to take that photo. And um, so we did. So uh, let's start here. That's my beautiful wife. Her name's Amberly. Um, she works in our church with us um, when she can, in our kids' men. Um, she's the best preacher in the family. She's an incredible worship leader. And uh, she's also an accountant. And she somehow juggles all that with our two babies. They're obviously not babies. I just call them babies. You know, if you're a parent, you get it. And then this is my precious daughter. This is Ida. And um, she is the most wonderful little girl in the entire world. She is um, she's really, really stubborn and sure of herself and doesn't think. So she just goes for life. And I love that about her. And this guy here, I'm going to talk about him later, I think. His name's Jude. And Jude is five years old, and he is my best friend in the entire world. If you ask him who his best friend is, he will say, it's my buddy. He doesn't call me dad. He calls me buddy. It's so adorable, and I just love him. Um, I remember this one time at, uh, we were sitting there at the table for lunch, and he says, dad, I'm sorry, buddy? Like, yeah. Do you remember that one time in our old house I called you dad? He's like, I guess so. He's like, oh, man, that's weird. (laughs) So that's my family. Um, They're the best family in the world. Can you go to the next slide, sir? Thank you. So I want to tell you a little bit about my church that I work at. We planted it four years ago. And um, I don't know what I give you for pictures. Is there another one that's maybe better? Is that all I gave you? I might have really let you guys down. Yeah, okay, so it's really great. We planted it four years ago. Um, just to give you a, a visual on uh, what it would be like, uh, we, we say we have three different congregations. Um, they show up at different times. You never know how many people will be there, who will be there, what it's going to look like. It's really random. Um, it, it's a, a spectrum from tattoo artists to musicians to financial planners and accountants. It's just weird and beautiful. And actually, I had a word for you guys this morning as a church. Um, Actually, I think it's just for a couple individuals here. Um, If you don't feel like you fit in here this morning or in this church, um, I really believe the Lord wants you to hear this that there is an incredible strength in diversity. Just because you don't act or look or think like other people in this building, that's okay. There is a strength in diversity. You are all needed. And you are all very important for whatever God wants to do next. Okay? So let's, um, we're going to continue in Tyler's series, because that's really important. Um, scriptures, it's just kind of important, hey? You can laugh. I'm really not good at being a formal um, pastor. My dad is a pastor, and whenever he visits our church, 
He says, it is so uncomfortably casual. So sorry. Um, Colossians chapter 3. Great chunk of scripture. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you this topic this morning, additional subtraction. Um, I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. My wife often borrows my Bibles, and she loses them on me. So I started just buying whatever the cheapest Bible you could buy is. And um, so I now buy Pew Bibles. And um, they're wonderful because I know that it's going to be like six months and this is going to be gone somewhere. And I have no idea if it's ever coming back. So, yep. Colossians chapter 3. Um, I've listened to your last couple of messages. Tyler's done a fantastic job of giving you um, just pure gold. Uh, you guys are so lucky to have him. Yeah. You, you guys should give him more high fives and hugs. Um, I don't know if you give him lots already, but just give him more. He's great. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, sets your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, is, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. That's a big statement. So put to death the sinful, earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshipping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. Scary, scary verse. That's kind of ominous. We'll talk about that later. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew, a Gentile, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave, or free. Christ is all that matters, and he lives in all of us. God just... Um, Thank you for your word. Thank you that it's alive and well. And so incredibly pertinent to today. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Um, if you have been saved for and saved, well, if you've been on a journey with God, okay, let's go that route for right now. Um, for under under a year, could you put your hand up? How about five years and under? Hello? Ten years and under. Okay. Twenty years. And then the rest over twenty years? Okay. Do you remember... 
when you first started trying to figure out Jesus? You first started trying to, and for some of you, you'll have to think back a long ways. It's, I love this. Okay, so you want to talk about diversity in churches. So um, our church back home, if you were to do that, how many years, blah, blah, blah. If you were to do that in, back home in Medicine Hat, we, um, if you were to say 20 years and over, you would get no hands. It would be crickets. Our congregation is currently made up of um, solid Christians. Like, there's a few. There, there's a few solid Christians. Um, but it's mostly um, new believers. I'm thinking about being a new believer. Atheists. Um, and we even have a, a Buddhist who rolls in every once in a while. And we have this wonderful little girl who, um, I don't know what she classifies herself as. Um, she's scary. But she comes to uh, some of our, our fundraisers that we do, and um, she had left her notebook behind one day. And um, I didn't know whose it was, so I, I read a little bit of it. And um, it was the most horrifying thing I've ever read in my entire life. But I went to visit a friend the next day, and he said, uh, so uh, you're, making a, you're making a splash in the Wiccan community. I'm like, okay, what does that mean? He's like, well, on Facebook, such and such a person was writing about your church. He's like, what did she write? And apparently, she has never felt so loved in her entire life as those couple of hours that she just hung out with us playing games. The people we are in contact with on a daily basis who aren't in this building right now, I believe that there's who's going to build your church. Um, I, I was feeling this during worship, Donna, um, and so I wrote it down. I, I wasn't hiding from worship. When I, when I go to the back, I, I do this at our church too, I like to watch the atmosphere, and I like to just, I'm weird, like I'm really strange. I'm, I'm so quirky, and I'm okay with it, but I, I believe God was saying this to you guys as a church, is that um, you've had many seasons of passion and faithfulness. But your passion and your faithfulness is going to turn into fruitfulness. And you will see that corporately. But what happens in, if it happens in a corporate context, then it's clearly happening in individual contexts, building towards a corporate context. So I believe that you're going to start seeing that in, um, in your individual lives as well. So when you feel like you should hold back on praying for somebody just because they're not a believer, don't do that. If you feel like you need to hold back on telling someone about Jesus, don't do that. Let it out. I believe that there is a season of fruitfulness coming for you guys, and it's going to be absolutely fantastic. Whatever you think fruitfulness should be, don't think about that. Just wait for what God says fruitfulness is. We get very convinced of what fruitfulness looks like in Christian contexts. Um, but God is always doing something new, and he really wants to blow your mind in a new season. Okay, back to Scripture. Um, where were we? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, 
when when you first come to Jesus, you 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 don't automatically dive into like trying to describe the Trinity or or getting into a debate with your friends on um, on who's post-trib, who's pre, blah blah blah, millennial this, rapture in the fifth realm of something like you, you don't get into those debates because it, it's it's weird right like you're just trying to figure out how do i do life with jesus and we do this in in normal day life too my son so little jude that i showed you the picture of he um he he came home one day and he was talking about star wars and um and we're like you've never seen star wars you're at the time, he was four years old. We're like, you're four. You've never seen Star Wars. He's like, no, I know all about it. My friends at daycare tell me about it. I was like, wow. And so I started thinking, am I sheltering my son and holding him back from watching things that everyone... Like, am, have I turned into the weird parent who shelters his children? Because I never wanted to be that parent. And so I, I felt really bad about this. And so um, I had to borrow... Star Wars DVDs from a friend because, um, yeah, I've I, I have never seen Star Wars anything. I'm sorry, sorry guys. I had a friend who took me once to the one with Jar Jar Binks in it, and I about quarter of the way through I left the theater because I was like, this is. Whatever you have built this up to be, it is not that for me. And I walked out. Um, so I had to borrow these DVDs, and, and I, so I watched it with him, and I was like, well, that was, that was subpar at best. Because I just don't have the, the memory of how awesome this is that it seems like everyone else in society does. And so he goes to daycare, and he tells all of his friends, like, I saw Star Wars, and it was amazing, and, like, lightsabers, and and on and on. Like, you know, four-year-olds describe things. And um, I had some of the other parents, they're like, really? Like, you, you let your kids watch Star Wars? I'm like, well, didn't you? They're like, no! And so I went from being, in my mind, this parent who is sheltering his children from everything cool in the in the stratosphere to I'm now the rebellious parent who lets his children watch anything they want in one day. But we, we do this with our spirituality and with our Christianity. We, we listen to different things that are happening around us. And we're like, oh, okay, I trust them, so this must be real. And so we, we kind of put it in our theological catalog of things that are acceptable to believe. And that's kind of what's happening in the scripture. Tyler actually did a great job of talking about this last week, about, um, about all the different influences in this church that Paul had to try and start to correct. Like, it wasn't a long-established church. These were new believers, new Gentiles, who were trying to figure out, okay, how do you do life with Jesus? And so if someone comes along, they're like, oh, well, yeah, you can add, like, all of this um, this sexual stuff. This is fine. Don't worry about this. And like, oh, okay, we don't know. Let's write it down. We're going to accept this. And and some of this other stuff, like, I can still act like that. That's okay. And so, oh, all right, well, let's add that in, too. And so you have this, like, grab bag theology in this church of 
some lunacy and some just secular behavior mixed with Christianity. And so Paul has to come along with these young churches and continuously correct them and be like, yeah, but you can't act like that. I don't, I don't mean to, to drop the, the legalism bomb on you, but you do know that that's not okay, right? And so that's what's happening in this scripture. And so Paul has to, has to man up and, um, and step into this place of being the bad parent. The, the one who's like, yeah, but you can't watch Star Wars. You're four. You, you can't do this. You're, you're not, it's just not acceptable. Another quick story about my son. So you guys end at 12? Okay. I can hit that. They give me a timer at my church, too. I don't use it. It's a suggestion. A suggestion clock. So my son says, uh, for my birthday party, I, I want to have a camping birthday party. We're like, Oh, that's awesome. Let's have a camping party. I know how to do that. We're going to set up a tent in the backyard and, and we'll play some camping games. It's going to be amazing. And then one day he was like, so, and this is after like we've already ordered the cake from friend, like we're putting it together. He's like, so can it be a camping Power Rangers party? And I'm like, what's a Power Ranger? And he's like, you know, you know, like the Power Rangers. I'm like, no, no, I, no, I don't know. He's like, well, all my friends at daycare and preschool, they're, they're all telling me about the Power Rangers, and they're amazing. I'm like, okay, I guess we can figure this out. And so I had to have one of my nerdy friends come to the office one day. And I was like, can you, don't worry, I tell him he's nerdy all the time. It's acceptable in our relationship. And so I was like, can you help me figure out how to make games that match a Power Ranger theme and a camping theme at the same time? And so somehow we managed to pull off this party and hit his approval for something he has never seen. <laughs> if I have my way, he never will out of principle now. But all of these concepts in these games, and we're like, so here's your Power Ranger party, buddy. What do you think? He's like, oh, it's amazing. It's the best party ever. We're like, Phew. He's like, Amberly and I, that's my wife's name, we're like, we've never seen Power Rangers. But somehow we pulled it off. So Paul comes along, I just like telling stories about my kids, that actually has nothing to do with anything. So Paul comes along, and he um, he's teaching this one beautiful concept that, um, that Pastor Tyler talked about last week, about how you have to hinge everything on Christ. He comes along, and he says basically that all of these extra pieces of life and thought that you have pulled into Christianity... If you subtract them and get rid of them, you actually have more because all you have is Christ then. We really like adding things to the gospel. And we even more than that, we like in Christianity to leave certain areas of our lives away from the gospel. 
we don't like to fully gospel ourselves. We, we like there to be some certain areas that are still, it's still just for me. It's okay if I fear. It's okay if I get angry. It's okay to want to be in control. That's actually what's happening here. There, there's these, these tensions that Paul brings up, and he, and he puts them into three categories, three types of tensions with the gospel that hold us back from a life that is our, as he said, our share in the glory. What would get us to having our share in the glory? And, oh man, you're so fast. What's your name? Guy? Thanks, Guy. <laughs> so there's these three tensions that he brings up in, in this scripture. There, there's number one, sexual immorality. Like, obviously a no-brainer for Christianity, right? Then there's greed. That's we can make that a gray area quick. And then there's anger, which we do make a gray area really fast. And so there's these three tensions that he brings up in this scripture. And there's obviously like a thousand more, but for today, there's three. There's these three tensions that kind of fight against the gospel. And they make it difficult to fully immerse ourselves because we want to keep adding these things to what Jesus is already doing and giving ourselves these liberties that don't need to exist. And so at first glance, you look at it, and you're like, okay, Paul, but why are you giving me rules? Because we have Christ, we have grace, so what, what are rules going to do for me? It, it sounds like legalism. It sounds like everything that we are fighting against. And so what we have to understand is that there's, there's two elements of hurt that are happening when when he's bringing up these things. Number one, it's hurting our relationship with Jesus. And number two, it's hurting our relationship with our spiritual community. And so there's these, these tensions that need to, be, uh, they need to be alleved. Because just telling people, stop it. You can't act like that. That's not good enough. That character, character modification isn't heart change. They're, they're, it's not going to be sustainable in the long term. So Paul just can't come in and be like, okay, stop it. That's, that's inappropriate. It's like when, when you yell at your, your five or your three-year-old, and you're like, you just, you, you can't do that. You can't do that in public. You can't, you can't even do that in private. Just stop acting like a five-year-old. Who has children? Come on. You can say stop it as many times as you want, but until there's heart change, it's not going to do any good because we're just going to keep coming back to those habits. We're going to keep coming back to those behaviors and they're going to take us down eventually. Christ is all that matters. In verse 11, Paul says that he lives in all of us. That is a heck of a reminder to carry on a day-to-day -day basis. That Christ lives in all of us. If we're bearing the image of Christ and acting like this, something's not computing. He talks in, in verse 3, he says that your, your life is hidden 
with Christ. Your life is hidden with Christ. What Paul is is pushing at is um, that they need to gospel themselves. They need to get the gospel into every area of their life. They need they need to cover these things with the gospel and get rid of them. And there's um, I can't remember who originally wrote this concept, but we use it a lot. And I've actually started using this principle on a daily basis. Um, when I go through things, and I'll talk about some of this in a moment and be vulnerable with you, but the, the four G's of the gospel, has, have you taught that? No? Okay. So we'll go there. Um, number one is that God is great, so we don't have to be in control. God is great, so we don't have to be in control. In this church, he um, Paul talks heavily on this topic of greed. Greed is another way of trying to take control in our lives. The more things we have, the more we're in charge of our environment. A cluttered soul is grabbing at control. And we get to this point where we we try to build functional saviors in our life of things that can replace God. It's like if you get stressed, and you're like, oh, I just need to, I just need to go zone out and watch TV or, or binge eat or, or however you deal with stress. That's taking control away from God, so that He doesn't have to be in control and saying, God, you're, you're not great enough to handle this situation. I'm not going to come to you with this. I'm going to handle it on my own. That one's always been difficult for me, to be honest with you. I like to control things myself. I like to control the outcome of a situation. I, I want to know well in advance what's about to happen. That's taking control away from God and saying, yeah, I don't necessarily believe you're as great as you are because I need to be in control still. The second one is that God is glorious, so we don't have to fear others. God is glorious, so we don't have to fear others. Our gaze, our gaze fixed on Jesus completely takes striving away. You don't have to prove yourself to anyone. You don't have to fear people. The third one, and this goes back into the scripture, is that God is good, so we don't have to look elsewhere. The very first thing that Paul talks about in here is sexual immorality, impurity, lust. We deny Christ's goodness by filling our hearts with artificial love. And in doing so, we say that, God, you're not good enough. I need something else. So we fill it with sex or relationships what about jobs? What about being a workaholic? Those things add in there too, and it's saying that God, you just, I need more because you're not good enough. As we create these tensions and we, and we build on them. Number four is this God is gracious, 
so we don't have to prove ourselves. Similar to number two, but a little different. A little bit different. In ministry, it is difficult to not try to prove yourself. Because we are driven by the almighty number that we must hit. And I remember the, actually, the trip we came here six years ago to England. Um, we came to this church plant, uh, the one in Bristol, same connection, and uh, as well as one uh, in a different community. And it was the first time that Amberly and I had ever seen the concept of a church plant. We're like, wait a second. You mean you can start a church? Like, obviously you can. But we never we never clued into this concept. We're like, so we can actually start a church. And God started stirring that as well as some other things. And um, I remember God saying to us, okay, this is what this is what'll happen though if you go down this road. So you're going to give up your cushy salary. I've only worked at multi-staff churches. I've only worked at big churches. I so to go and be like the only guy, it was weird. But God was like, so you're going to give up your cushy salary, your expense accounts, all of this stuff. You're going to give that up. It's like, yeah, yeah, I just go team. I'm going to build it fast. Don't worry, God, I've got this. And um, so we, we go into this thinking one thing and it end up being something completely different. Because we've always done youth and young adult ministry, and it's always been very successful. And so when we walked away from what we were doing, and, and these, like the young adult ministry with hundreds of kids, and like it was amazing, and we're like, yeah, we're just going to ride that tide into church planting and um, not miss a stride, it's going to be amazing. It was the most humbling thing I have ever experienced. And it's like, because I thought, like, well, I'll just continue through with most of my life. I will, um, I will keep like doing like speaking at camps and traveling, and I can do all that while while planting a church and doing this. It's going to be amazing. I'm like, goodness, you have time for nothing, and the amount of fruit you see in church planting. I know for you guys, like you, you planted a church. It's really humbling really really humbling and that's the type of situation you have to go back to the grace of god and understand god is gracious i need to rest in that way more often than i need to rest in my desire to see results in this church that paul's writing to they're dealing with this on a different level. They're dealing with this, with the graciousness of God and, and proving themselves by acting out in anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, dirty language, because it goes to a new level. Because when you act out against people like that, you're saying, okay, I don't believe that God is gracious for you. And that's even more painful than trying to absorb it into yourself is pushing it on other people. I am a notorious road rager. Sorry, guys. 
I'm really not that holy. There goes my credentials. I'm a notorious road rager, and Amberly, my wife, is so patient with me and has to continuously remind me, Michael, just because they made a mistake and accidentally cut you off, that doesn't mean you chase them. <laughs> like, here's the problem. Like, I'm, I'm like 5'8", and like, I don't weigh much. Like, I'm clearly not buff or anything. What am I going to do if I catch them? Like, honestly. Hope they're smaller than me? What am I going to do, frown? Gosh. Anger is such a, an easy one to fall into because we get angry at every situation in life. It's going to be okay. You just got to keep reminding yourself of that because God is gracious. God is so gracious. You don't have to prove yourself to yourself or to other people. You don't have to prove yourself. It's going to be okay. If we can live from a Christ-centered, gospel-living scenario, it really does take our eyes off ourselves. I encourage you to try these four Gs in everyday life. I do it quickly, like, okay, Mondays, for a pastor, Monday after Sunday. I am usually an emotional wreck um, and have to go to the gym so that I don't continue to be an emotional wreck. I have to get active, because if I just stay at home on a Monday, especially a Monday where it follows a Sunday where... I bombed preaching, or or nobody got saved that Sunday, or, or like nothing happened in the service, and it's just like crickets, and you're like, oh, so glad I'm church planting. And then the Monday comes, and you're still living in this, and not giving it to God, being like, God, you're gracious. You are so good to me. You are so great. You are so glorious. You don't have to own that stuff. You can give it to God. I'm going to leave you on one last note with my two minutes left. I'm going to do it. It's going to be amazing. Keep to the timelines. If we truly believe that in our relationship with Christ, that we are seated with him in heavenly places. We truly believe that we are, are sharing in that glory. One of the things that makes it difficult to do this is working for a um, well done, my good and faithful servant. Because if we are seated with Christ, should it not be more along the lines of this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. So I leave you with that this morning. Don't strive. You're good enough because you're loved. The fact that you're loved is actually all that matters. People can hate you. People can slash your tires. Probably doesn't happen in England. <laughs> 
People can beat you up. I don't know, would they just throw curry at you here? Or fish and chips? <laughs> the fact that you're loved by God, the God who created the universe, the God who had to come up with the concept of time just so that we could understand him a little bit better, because you're loved by that guy, that's all that matters. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.